Welcome to Star Wars Tonight. It is the podcast that uh, helps you get through the terrible time while we all try to wait and wait and wait for Star Wars The Force Awakens to finally hit theaters. It is 21 days until that happens. We've got a great episode <laughs> great episode for you tonight as it starts right now. I can stay! Falcon flight with destiny! Star Wars tonight. Thanks so much for tuning in. We're going to have a great episode for you. I am Riley Blanton. That's my name. Star Wars is my game. It is Thursday, Thanksgiving Day, yeah. 26th of November. I'd like to welcome to the program Scott Reif, and how's it going, man? Marvelous. What's shaking, sir? Oh, well, sir, uh, not too much. Um, uh, well, I'll tell you what's shaking is my belly. That's what's shaking because yeah. I ate five, and I could do not, five um, ham croissants. Oh, they were so good. Uh, so good. You know, uh, <laughs> you know how many ham croissants I had today? How many, sir? None. None? No, we don't do that. You don't... <laughs> We, we eat turkey for crying out loud. This is true. I'm not a turkey man. I've got to. I've got to be honest. I'm not a fan of the turkey. Oh wow! I know. It's. I'm oh, a, I enjoy the turkey. Uh, it's green eggs and ham for me, Sam. I am. I, something like that. <laughs> something along those lines. Uh, we've got a great program for you guys today. Uh, so glad you're tuning in. Uh, and to those joining us live at StarWarsReport.com/slash/live, we do really appreciate it. Uh, it's a live experience, and we're always tweaking it. Always working on. Um, making this a better show for you guys listening to the podcast version and listening live and watching live. Uh, if you're listening to this via podcast, which is the majority of you, make sure you go over to twitch.tv slash Riley Blanton. Scott, this is like the only social network I've ever had the opportunity to actually get my actual name. <laughs> that tells you how hey. new it tells you how new this uh, this whole social network is. But um, but yeah, no. It's uh, if you head over to twitch.tv slash Riley Blanton, be sure to click the follow button, and you'll get a notification whenever we go live, which is about each and every Monday through Thursday at about five p.m. Give or take, uh, depending on the day. So uh, that's what you want to do. And also, huge thank you and shout out as always to uh, those who are supporting us financially at patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. That is where we give you guys all kinds of bonus content. And this month in particular, we're giving you the Friday bonus show. Uh, we need, like, a jingle. It's bonus Fridays for the patrons. I uh, can't sing, which is why I shouldn't do that. Okay. <laughs> uh, and, and one final thing. Uh, one final thing in terms of uh, housekeeping, and that is, uh, to those of you watching this, uh, thank you as well. If you go to... Um, the, the YouTubes and search for the Star Wars Report, uh, you'll find our channel, and that's where I'm going to be posting video versions of this. This is the debut one, uh, and uh, I'm very excited to have uh, have Scott Rifen on board 
as we're experimenting with all this technology. Because it, fortunately, Scott, the thing about technology is it always works really smoothly exactly when you want it to. Oh, no, yeah, no question about it. Always. And uh, we, we've proven that by getting started exactly on time tonight. Exactly. I don't know uh, why anyone <laughs> might think differently, he said, no, sipping his coffee. No. Not at all. Um, yeah, so, so what is my beef tonight? Your beef tonight. Um, or turkey. I was going to say. Because we're talking turkey tonight. Well, it is because we're, I wanted to, we've got a little bit more time, uh, as, and as usual, and as I mentioned on yesterday's show, uh, as we can, we will go long on the episodes. It just depends on the schedule of myself and the co-host if we can. And tonight, I mean, I, I could be hanging out with uh, some family members, Scott, but I'm not. I'm much happier, <laughs> much, much more happy to be podcasting live right of now. Of course. So let's talk about Star Wars. You like this Star Wars thing, Scott? I'll tell you. Let me see if I can. Yeah, let me get a little more light on me. There we go. There, there we, go. we go. I was a little too dark. Um, you know, let me let me just say this. First off, I was a little critical of all the people who are just going crazy about the spoilers and and uh, shutting off the trailer. Like Teresa has gone insane. <laughs> yes. You know, Teresa, I don't ever want to see anything else, not a second, not a tenth of a second, not anything. And uh, I thought that was a little silly, a little overboard. But I am now, after having seen uh, the most recent trailer that I've seen. Was that the uh, today's Kylo Ren? I have now gone way too far, way overboard. Uh, I can't see anything else. It's just, it's all going to be ruined for me if I don't just stop with the spoilers right now. Do I detect any hint of sarcasm, sir? Or have you truly no, made the it. conversion? I'm cutting it off, Dan. Let me tell you something. When they it's showed like... Rocky in the hospital, <laughs> I thought that was way too much. So yeah. until I see Creed, there's no more spoilers for me. No trailers, no TV spots, nothing. Which, by the way, I heard it's really good. But uh, Yeah, well, that's... don't tell. That's a spoiler. <laughs> spoiler alert. It's really good. Spoiler alert. It's good. <laughs> no, what's funny is... Um, it's sort of it's a rather comedic descending progression. It's like Teresa was the first one, and then I was like, uh, it took me a few more TV spots, and then I was like, oh, okay, I think I, I think I've seen enough footage. And then uh, today they released yet another Thanksgiving Day uh, mm-hmm. TV spot, sixty second TV spot, which I feel like I should now queue up, but uh, but I won't because <laughs> I saw one. It, it, kind of what I'm doing, Scott, is unless it depends on the mood. And I'm very moody about it. But sometimes I won't watch them at all. Like, I don't think I've seen TV spots five through seven. But <laughs> but, really? uh, but with uh, the most recent couple, I have seen them. But I usually watch them once, and then, I th- then I'm good. Yeah, I, look, I, there's just not a lot of story being handed out anywhere. It's all a little visual here and there. And it all looks like it's for maybe two or three spots of the film. I don't think these, these spots are doing anybody any damage. We are seeing a lot um, of new shots, but we're not seeing... We're not seeing new scenes, really. We keep seeing new versions no. of Kylo Ren, uh, like the, like today's. We saw more shots from the scene where Kylo Ren is torturing uh, everyone's uh, favorite Guatemalan. But um, yeah. Oscar Isaac, I had to I, for some reason I don't know why I bl- blanked on Oscar Isaac's name for a second there. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but you got Guatemala. I got Guad- I got his his uh, his native country right, but I couldn't remember his name. <laughs> But um, but we're really but you're right. I don't think we're getting. I think that it's probably a negotiation where I'm imagining the marketing side at Disney is talking to the story side at Lucasfilm, and they're like, 
give us what scenes we can get footage from. And so we're seeing, of course, the X-Wing battle over the castle, and we're seeing the torture scene with Oscar Isaac and Kylo Ren. Uh, we're seeing the shot of the Millennium Falcon flying over Jakku, and we're seeing all kinds of stuff about Jakku in terms of uh, Daisy Ridley and John Boyega hanging out there and getting shot, shot at by TIE fighters and all that. We're seeing lots of those shots and variations of them. But I still think there's a large chunk of this film that we have no idea what's going on. I, I have no doubt you're absolutely right. Uh, there's something else. I want to throw this in the mix. I, I was right. actually, this is not in my notes for the show program tonight, but I, I got to throw this in here because part of a conversation I was having with Anthony Bresnikan the other day, you know, I interviewed him for my Star Wars story. Um, the Jimmy Mack episode should be out this week. Bresnikan's will be out as soon as I can get it done after that. Awesome. Um, but one of the things, somebody went and reposted an old set photo from. Uh, the location in England where they're uh, where the drone oh, you're took all about the pictures. The Remember that? Common, yeah, yeah. And uh, there is a shot that purports to be Adam Driver in an X-wing uniform. I and somebody dredged that back up. Oh, I forgot about that. I saw that. Yeah, I had too. And somebody dredged it back up a couple of weeks ago, and I asked him. I said, "What do you know?" And of course, Bresnan can uh, either is a really good poker player or just really doesn't know. Uh, but either way, you know, I, I have no idea. What do you think? And we talked about it for a little bit. And, I, you know, this is just all out there because I don't know. I'm going to be the first to tell you. I'm not making Star Wars. Those guys know. Um, but I find it interesting. They keep doing they keep showing this shot where Poe is walking by Finn and he kind of gives him that pat on the shoulder and says a little something to him and walks off. And then the camera wheels around on Finn and Finn has got this very weird look on his face. Yeah. Now, the next question is, okay, is that actually Adam Driver in an X-Wing uniform? If it is, why? And does it have anything to do with his getting into Poe's head? I I think most of us know or believe that interrogation scene with uh, Kylo and Poe Dameron's near the beginning of the film. Mm. See, this is your problem. You're piecing piecing things together, and I'm not comfortable. (laughs) I'm not comfortable, Scott. <laughs> I registered just... my nervous. You should have. Did you hear Brian Brushwood on the Star Wars Report a couple of weeks back? Yeah, it was it was almost hilarious to me, but I also genuinely felt bad because he's like progressively more and more like, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll stop there. But I just just think about that for a while. Think about all those different pieces and put them together in the different ways that you can put them together. Because I just think that's interesting. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, um, man, it's th- there are see, and those are the kinds of pieces that I think we can start to put together based on mm-hmm. the, the uh, footage we've seen so far. And uh, you know, Bobby Roberts, uh, who's been on the, sh- the on the, not this show, but he's been on Star Wars Report a number of times, has basically um, he was. I saw a tweet I think that he had put out saying that you can kind of start piece together the structure of the film, and some people are getting it right based on the TV spots, which is hilarious to me because you can literally go to Making Star Wars right now and read a plot summary <laughs> that they've constructed. Yeah, um, and, their, and their track record it. has been pretty spot on. Yeah, yeah, it, it, which, I'm, I'm, I don't know, man. It's, uh, I, I'm, I've gotten to that stage. I've talked about it a little bit, but I, I think I am at the point where if new footage presents itself and is attractive to me and I'm in the mood, I will watch it but I will not be analyzing it and watching it over and over and over again or anything like that. I, 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 think, I, I think I have hit peak excitement. 
I mean, huh. I've never well, that's really... not good because you still got three weeks. Well, and see, that's the problem is I don't really know. I don't really know what to expect or what is the norm when you're waiting for a Star Wars movie because by the time I was hitting Star Wars fandom, at least to any uh, great extent, uh, all the movies had come out. So, <laughs> well, yeah. I, so I don't really know what what I should or shouldn't be expecting or feeling, but what I, I'll be honest, what I'm feeling now is I don't know a certain kind of um, trepidation of learning too much. Well, you know, I, I don't. I don't think that's a big fear. It's funny because I'm going over, as I told you, I'm, I'm scoring the Jimmy Mack episode of my Star Wars story, and he and I. It's interesting because it's kind of, if it's like any other episode we've done, it's like Steve Glosson's episode, in that it's it's a lot more of a two way conversation than just a you know. Yeah. I, as I've told you before, I try to record the interview and then remove myself as much as I can from it, and. Steve's and in mine, I, I mean, Steve's and Jimmy Max, I really, it's hard for me to take myself out of it because there's so much back and forth going on. And one of the things we talk about is Empire Strikes Back. He read the novel before Empire Strikes Now think about it. Of all the films. Yeah. To get totally spoiled on, he read the novel of Empire Strikes Back before he saw the film. I got the super special, the Marvel super special, the night before I saw the film. So, and I read it straight through. And I'm going to tell you something. It does not make it any less one of the most amazing movies I've ever seen in my life, just for having read the comic book first and for his just having read the novel first. I mean, you, you can obviously see it didn't diminish our fanhood. No, absolutely. I absolutely. But, so, man, see, this is this is tough. Steve, po- <laughs> Steve Glosson, God bless him, rightfully pokes fun of me all the time for how easily I'm swayed by the winds of the Internet. Um <laughs> Uh, but but it's true. I but, think I'm, maybe I'm being just a little bit too much influenced. That maybe seeing too much is seeing too much. Yeah. But you know, it's it's. Uh, I used to, you know, you know who Jeffrey Bohm is. Um, why do I I know the name? Jeffrey Bohm wrote Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, Lethal oh. Weapon two and three, Inner Space. Oh, okay, so Briscoe, I just heard the name, but that's kind of all. Lost I know. Boys. Huh? Oh, I was gonna say I've I've heard the name, but that's kind of all I know. Okay, well, Jeffrey Bohm uh, was a screenwriter. Obviously, he was, he was my favorite screenwriter. I got to know him in the early 90s. There were a couple of years where we'd talk every month or every other month on the phone, which back then, you know, long-distance calls were not cheap, and he always paid for them, which I always thought was great. Um, and we would talk about story and that kind of thing because I was interested in, in doing this. And he would get really frustrated with me because he would start to tell me about something that was coming up. And, you know, well, you know, this one, we're going to do this. And I said, no, don't tell me. And he'd say, well, you know, I can't really convey this idea to you without telling you this. And Well, don't tell me. And he'd say, but you're not going to ruin the film just by knowing what's happened. It's all about the execution. And so I think that was something that I had to learn from him was it's not really just about the shocks and the twists and the turns. Maybe it is with some M. Night Shyamalan stuff. But by and large, if it's executed well, if it's told well, if it's performed well, um, knowing what's going on going in is not going to be an issue. I mean, this Hunger Games movie is doing quite fine for people, and everybody knows about it. Everybody knew it was going to happen in all the Harry Potter movies before they came out, right? Yeah, no, I could see that. But um, but at the same time, I didn't know it was going to happen in the Harry Potter films, and I really loved watching them the first time because I never read the books. But but you could have. But I could have, yes. And I, but, and, and I think um, maybe, maybe there's something about... Uh, 
podcasting about it every day uh, that maybe I'm just overthinking it a little bit. Um, and I think well, when it comes know. to the the screen darkening and the movie starting and and hearing the uh, the Disney fanfare, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> but <laughs> I love the wince. This is why you have to watch the video version, folks. Um, but but I will say this: it's it's one of those things that I think there will be a certain element of me that has to disconnect from the the podcaster Star Wars fan and just uh, kind of purge myself of the overly analytical. Um, and overly uh, huge Star Wars fan. Just uh, for some reason, there's, I think there's going to be a part of my brain that I have to shut off to fully just sit back and appreciate the story that's told in front of me without being clouded by the communal aspect of it. If it does its job right, you won't have to shut off that part of your brain. It'll do it for you. Okay. What would be I mean, the if example? It, if, if this movie does what it's supposed to do, you won't have to worry about that. So, what do you as. Um, the best example of that. A movie with high expectations that we might know a lot about, that's a huge t- cultural t- touchstone, but that everyone goes in and you forget about it. Because the first thing that jumps to my mind is Guardians of the Galaxy, but it doesn't fit that category because so many people did not know that much about it. No, but it still no, has Guardians that flavor was of very just, different. Yeah. You just start watching it and you lose yourself and forget about it. Well, I think The Avengers was that way, though. Um,. Again, I think for people who enjoyed Twilight, I think that was that way. Um, I think the Hunger Games films, again, for people who enjoy them, I don't. I saw the first one. I was interested, and I just I couldn't stand it. Uh, but those are that way. Uh, all of the Harry Potter stuff, and people went nuts. You, you know, at the time, that second part of that last Harry Potter movie made it opened it over a hundred million bucks, which at the time was you, you didn't hear about that. Yeah, and. Uh, uh, nobody seemed to care and they all got swept up in it. And, uh, you know, I actually heard people tell me, I guess it was, well, I guess it was the, uh, it was a couple films before that actually. But, uh, you know, when, when what happens to Dumbledore happens to Dumbledore, <laughs> people tell me, you know, it, it really got to them. Mm-hmm. Well, these are people who read the book. They knew it was coming. They knew it was going to happen. It still got to them. So, you know, I, I, I think if the movie does its job right, I don't think it matters. I also, by the way, got the Return of the Jedi super special five days before it came out and read Ooh. it. Had promised myself I wouldn't read it, but then <laughs> my fellow Dinner for Geeks co-host Jeff was outside reading his, and I went, he's not going to know everything, and I'm not going to know it. <laughs> so I sat nice. and read it that day. Nice. Yeah, it's a, it's a tough, it's an interesting balance, and I think um, you're bringing it, you're the anti-Teresa for us uh, tonight, and I feel like... <laughs> I feel like it's neat. That's terrible. Uh, no, I, I I feel like you have to have a diverse uh, perspective there. Um, and so yeah. you, you've officially convinced me, Scott. I am right now, as we speak, loading up the most recent 60-second teaser. <laughs> well, I'm going to tell you, that teaser, I mean, you know, there's a difference in reading the novelization and watching that teaser, that TV spot that came out today. Oh, yeah? It's... They're, they're worlds apart. You know, it, it's not going to sit there and give anything away for you. I think I think these TV spots are doing nothing more than wetting appetites because they're doing they're showing a little bit more of the same things we've already seen. A little bit more, a little bit more, a little bit more. It's almost like, well, you had uh, Brian Bushwood on the other day, and I know he's uh, he's good with the magics. Mm-hmm. And uh, I it, think it that's on his business card, that, in fact. Know, huh? I said I think that's on his business card, in fact. He's good with the magics. <laughs> he's good with the magics. And... Uh, you know, a lot of this is is this sleight of hand. We're showing you the same thing. We're showing you a little bit more, but we're making you feel like you're getting a lot more. So it's just a, it's it's a little bit of an illusion. 
Absolutely. And that lightsaber sound you just heard is me queuing up uh, the teaser on the video version. So folks on the, watching the video, uh, if you go to YouTube.com and search for the Star Wars Report channel, I think it's just YouTube.com slash channel slash Star Wars Report or slash user slash Star Wars Report. It's one of those. Um, you're going to see this video and you can watch it along with us. Uh, I'm actually going to play that 60 second uh, trailer and uh, Scott, you can listen along as well. So let's take a, let's take okay. a listen and watch. There's been an awakening. Have you felt it? Yes. Even you have never faced such a test. And it's time. All teams, give it everything you got! You don't know what I've seen. We all need to run. You must face them. Fight them. Ladies and gentlemen, yeah. Force Awakens. Doesn't that feel good? Ah, now I'm really excited. I love how it highlights Snoke, because we really haven't heard much of it, him since that original teaser. Yeah, you get a little Snoke in there. Oh, man. Ah, I'm so excited. Um, okay, so a couple things. Even you have okay. never faced such a test. I mean, the way they shoot it, it kind of looks like they're talking about Kylo Ren. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Mm. I love how I have a feeling with this being J.J. Abrams that at this point we're really seeing not necessarily the one-two switch up of Khan from Into Darkness, but I think like the way the marketing has so heavily featured um, Kylo Ren is not unlike the way the marketing heavily featured Darth Maul in The Phantom Menace. And I think that we're going to learn that that is exactly what Kylo Ren is. He is a phantom menace, but not someone who is the threat. And, of course, that's something that I think any hardcore Star Wars fans, most of the people listening to this would already know. But I think it's really smart in terms of looking at the, the mainstream aspect of uh, those appreciating the Star Wars film. And if that's a story point that really hits home, and we find out, oh, wait, this Supreme Leader Snoke is suddenly this amazing villain and dy- dynamic villain, um, then we're in for a real treat. Yeah. Absolutely. Uh, so, all right, well, so I'm back on board with you, uh, Scott. Um, I want to hit a couple other Ooh. things, if you're okay with it, uh, before we wrap up the show, because I want to actually uh, touch on a couple of the things that we've been talking about here on the program. With okay, you. good, because I've got notes on some of that, and I've got some other things. I, I want to get high and mighty today, too. Oh, all right. So, they, excellent. Yeah. I'm looking forward I to it. i got to get high and mighty today. Awesome, awesome. Well, so, uh, well, I'll, I'll kick us off, and then you kind of uh, steer us where you want. So, I'll push off from the dock, and then you can uh, you can steer whatever direction you have thoughts. Uh, so okay. So, the push off, we'll, we'll push off on George Lucas. <laughs> Get yes. That, no, I got notes on this. Get that, uh, get that mental image in place. We started off with Justin, who I feel like had the the most um, not mainstream, but geek mainstream. The most io nine. The most. I can't. I, I'm trying to think of a good outlet that covers 
IGN thought. Yeah, but I guess mainstream geekdom opinion of Lucas, which I liked, actually. I was encouraged to hear him kind of um, appreciate the man's creative talent, while certainly still he and I would view something like The Phantom Menace fun- fundamentally differently. Um, I feel mm. like we were both able to kind of get on the same page in terms of, I think, you know, it is kind of time that Star Wars transcends uh, its creator. And that's not necessarily a bad thing because I think George Lucas, and this is me kind of reiterating a little bit, but for those of you who didn't listen to that episode, I kind of think that um, the iterative process that Lucas goes through on some levels kind of keeps changing the formula of Star Wars, not revisiting it. So I think having new creative talent that approach that original Star Wars formula is a good thing. And that's Lucas has such a tendency to... um, want to always uh, reinvent the wheel with new ways of telling stories, um, that that is a legitimate complaint. Not not the whole midichlorian thing, and not the whole uh, Phantom Menace raped your childhood, or something like that. I, I, just it. So I won't get into that. I won't get into that. But, but I, I do think that there's... I, I feel like I was happy with the way uh, me and Justin kind of were able to be on the same page, at least generally speaking there. And then, of course, Steve was on the next day, lending his perspective, where he was a little bit more of the Debbie Downer. A little bit more of the lament for yeah. the creator that, you know, started this all, and he seems to be a little, he's like a rejected uh, boyfriend. It's kind of sad. Your yeah, thoughts, I, I got to tell you. Yeah, I got to tell you, first off, in the overall, I was surprised at how negative Steve was, because he is generally the most positive fan guy I've ever seen in my life. Yeah. I Stunned me. Um, But he said a lot of things that I completely agree with, and when they announced that they were doing this these movies without George, I was upset. Mm-hmm. I mean, I knew that was the way they wanted to go, and I knew why they wanted to go that way because of fan outrage. But one of the interesting things that George said in that Charlie Rose interview, and I know that's been a, a large topic of discussion, is he says they wanted to make a movie for the fans. Yeah. And I'm, it sounds it sounds disconnected and contemptuous on the surface. But I actually yeah. understand exactly what he's saying. Uh, fan service doesn't move the medium forward. Fan service gives you big lightsaber battles in a forest because that's what everybody on YouTube has made. Um, fan service gives you things that you like now, but they don't necessarily give you the timeless, uh, star Wars in more ways than I can count or imagine moved the medium forward, including the prequel trilogy. You can say what you want about Jar Jar Binks, but he was the, he was the most, fully realized digital interactive emotional character that had ever been put on film at that point. Uh, and, and I got to be honest with you. I stare at those eyelines every time I watch episode one and I can't, uh, all the people that complain and moan and groan about eyeline mismatches. I I'm not seeing a ton of them. Um, but you know, from a technical level, Jar Jar Pinks is a marvelous creation. Um, and what I liked and, and let's go further episode two, when he made episode two, he made episode two and said, I'm shooting this entirely in digital. I am shooting this because it's meant to be projected digitally. I would suggest movie theaters get on board and start arming themselves with digital projectors. And I remember at the time reading all the articles where people kept saying, well, that's ridiculous. That'll never happen. It's too expensive. Technology changes too fast. Yeah, yeah. Nobody's ever going to go digital. Celluloid's established. It's done. And now look where we are. Yep. What's, you have a problem. And this is episode two we're talking about, like the most maligned of all Star Wars films for a lot of people. Episode two was the one that started the ball rolling that said, 
you better go digital because we're not going back. Yeah. And George Lucas did that. Uh, and now you have a tough time finding a theater that does celluloid. But I used to, I, some of my favorite parts say, of the prequels were where he would stick his thumb in the eyes of whiny fanboys. Um, I, I, I appreciated that. And, and so I guess what I see here is when JJ stands up and goes, we're going to shoot on real film. I said, well, a, that's marketing and B it's ridiculous because what are you doing? That's going to move the medium forward going back to real film. And then the other night on Jimmy Kimmel, did you watch the Jimmy Kimmel show? I have not. No, I, I just saw the Jimmy the, Kimmel the bit says. with, um, I did see the bit with Harrison Ford and Chewbacca reuniting, which I thought mm. was the best thing ever. Uh, but, but, okay. but, but tell me about it. Uh, well, Jimmy Kimmel at one point says, is the film done? Is the film in the can? And then he goes, well, I guess there really aren't any cans anymore. Jimmy says, no. And uh, JJ says, no, no, there are no cans. Which means what? Wait, meaning there are no cans? Or like he was, because he's been talking about so many, he's been talking for so long about the fact that it isn't digital. Why did he? Yeah, there are no cans. Which means, okay, fine. They shot it in, in uh, traditional celluloid. But I promise you, they immediately converted it digital. Which one? Edited it digitally. Sure, sure. Well, you have to. There's no way you can edit a film not digitally anymore. Yeah, I, well, again, I don't see the point in, in uh, making the big deal about it. Uh, being shot on film, if if ninety percent of it's being done digitally anyway, what's the issue? And I, I still and I I'll told give Steve a long time ago. On, I, huh? I'll, I'll give him the benefit of the doubt on 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 um, on film because that's not like JJ suddenly said it. He shot Star Trek that way, and he preferred it that way. So I, I don't think it's new. yeah, but yeah, but it's it's kind of been part of that old school. We're going to use real monitor, you know, real models and real miniatures and blah, you know, and and you watch that stuff out there, and it's gorgeous. But it's digital. Sure, sure. Well, uh, let's be honest. Like you remember that uh, you remember that behind the scenes reel from Comic Con. It was a little pandery, little 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 pandery. Uh, I mean, I'm not going to complain about seeing <laughs> yeah. Luke Skywalker yeah. say real sets. I'm hi. I'm Mark Hamill. It's real. It's practical effects. I'm Mark Hamill. Yeah. This is my Mark Hamill impression. <laughs> I grew a beard. <laughs> but, I don't you know, know if I'm going to wear it in the movie or not. I'm Mark Hamill. Hello. <laughs> but, you know, when they started talking about BB-8 being practical, I, I told Steve, I said, you know, he may be practical, but I guarantee you they're tweaking the hell out of him digitally, especially after oh. I saw him on the stage at Anaheim. Because he's a little too floppy with that head. And I said, you know, when things have got to get going, that shot of him he's rolling little... on the, in the original teaser, mm-hmm. I guarantee you is digitally manipulated, if not completely digital. Well, uh, I, I mean, guarantee you, when, when the they reason... blew up that tent, they didn't make a real BB-8 fly across the way. Well, and, and we saw BB-8 do the loop-de-loop around the uh, Millennium Falcon hallway in that one mm-hmm. teaser, uh, and and I'm, yeah, I'm sure that yeah. wasn't a practical effect. But it's marketing. <laughs> so far, I'm very for, I'm very forgiving of of this kind of marketing because I think as my, I, I've resigned the fact that. No one's going to be convinced of Lucas's brilliance as a storyteller, other than to the extent that they will appreciate the man for starting Star Wars. But yeah. the prequels have been so maligned by a specific set of fandom that I just don't think there will be those who like them and those who don't. And I really don't think that's going to change a lot. I think moving no, forward, you're right. I think moving forward, it's just going to be a matter of Disney um, making great films. Uh, you know, fingers crossed, making great films well, that we all like together. And so I'm okay if they're a little pandery, even if it kind of, you know, my initial reaction might be a little bit like, oh, come on, 
people are people really going to buy that? Are you, don't do you not get that it's just a multi-million dollar corporation trying to say, look how practical the effects are. But then everyone who I talked yeah. to who didn't like the prequels are like, I'm so excited, man! It's all practical effects. It's shot on film. It's going to be the best thing ever. Yeah, and it's sad that they fall for that because that's marketing. And look, and look, here's the thing: I don't care if it's practical or digital. I want it to look great and kick butt. Yeah. And truly, the best way to do that is involve digital at some step in the equation. Uh, you know, practical practical means seeing through the snow speeders on Hoth. Practical means big gray boxes around all your spaceships in space. Oh, I remember that. You know, that's what practical means to me. Oh, I remember that off the taped off of TV editions of uh, the original yeah. trilogy we used to watch. The big gray boxes. Yeah, that's oh. that's practical. If you want practical, there it is. Go get it. It's gorgeous. <laughs> Go have at it. I don't want that. Yeah, yeah. I want what they're doing in the trailers, which I guarantee you is is 99% digital. Um, but the, the other thing, you know, it's interesting you were saying Disney was going to continue to make great movies is – Again, we talk about the timelessness of Star Wars. This movie will never be the cultural touchstone the original film was, which is or how any I, of the original films were. This is how we actually capped off um, uh, Tuesday's show with Steve, is because I was I ended it. I, I, I thought you know I was doing my beautiful poetic ending, and uh, I was saying, well, and just perhaps this can be the type of uh, uh, cultural touchstone moment that the original was. And Steve called me on it, rightfully so, because it, it, there's no, no way it can be. But I don't think it, it, well, we're talking. But, but 50, here's a uh, sorry. So I'll just I'll just inject this real quick just for perspective, and then I'll let you run with it. Think about this. We're talking. Uh, the numbers were just released. The the tracking numbers for box office, and the low mm-hmm. end, the absolute lowest estimate that this movie is going to make opening weekend is a record breaking one hundred and seventy million dollars. That's the low end. The mid range is closer to two hundred to two hundred and fifty. That's bigger than Avatar. That's bigger than sure. this past year's Drastic World. So uh Drastic. I keep Drastic that. World. <laughs> it's I used to call I never realized as a kid I always mispronounced it. And so I I, I fall into habit. Drastic Park. Oh Drastic I love it. Park. But but point being uh, that you know fifty million dollars in pre uh, in pre sold tickets. If this movie's good, if this movie's good, it will be that thing that everyone has to go see and that you have to take your kids with. But yes and no. You know why? Oh, why, Scott? I'm waiting. <laughs> well, I thank you very much. <laughs> the reason is because it's designed to have a shelf life. I mean, it's designed to have a shelf life. I saw uh, a, a news blurb the other day that they were talking April for the home video release. April. April. You know, Avatar sat in the theaters, and it was still sitting in theaters in April. Uh, and, and the first thing, that's the first thing I thought was, well, the hell with thinking this movie's going to become the all-time box office champ. The movie's got to stick around a little while to break that record. And, uh, you know, there are people who, when they hear April, they're going to go, we'll just wait for it to come on video. It's okay. So... You know, the people at the lower end of the scale, I don't think there's going to be a big call to action about this. And then they've got to go ahead and get this movie through the pipeline. And then they've got to tool up and get ready for the next. they got to make you forget this, cleanse the palate, and there's another movie coming out December 16th. That's true. So that's what – and they're going to rush through that one and, and dump another one out in May. I was going to say, and that's the big turnaround. That'll be the interesting um... – and then, and then that starts the whole different discussion of whether or not Star Wars movies become disposable. Because as as fun as the Marvel movies are, they do have a kind of, um, I think you said it well, uh, shelf life to them. Um, yeah. But I don't know. I, I I don't think that applies to this film as much. 
We'll see. But but I, I, again, it's it's designed to be out of theaters before April because it's designed to be on your streaming device by April. So and you know then you got to start your whole campaign up again with the new merchandise for the new movie, the new toys, and the new books. And I don't think the push will be as huge for Rogue One as it is for a, a regular episode, but it'll be significant. And they don't want you lingering over episode seven. They don't want you lingering over Force Awakens while they're trying to push Rogue One down your throat. Well, it's funny. Is that so they're they're trying to make you forget Rogue One within four months. When you look at the batting, I mean, uh, uh, Force Awakens, I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and when you look at the batting average of uh, the Marvel films, they'll occasionally come <clears> out with kind of a so-so film. It's like, you remember the Thor of the Dark World. Like, it's a popcorn fun movie, but it's not exactly a groundbreaking story that will uh, floor you for years to come. Um, it, yeah. It's not like when my dad's on leave uh, back here in the states. He was here uh, two weeks ago for a few days because uh, he had to come back to DC for a few conferences, and so he um, got to spend some time with the family. And you know what we watched? Uh, the Mentor, what? the the Star Wars, the Star Wars fan project, the, this film school project. This guy kind of did a Tarantino style uh, Star yeah. Wars fan edit of its Obi Wan story in a New Hope, set to a bunch of flashbacks. But that's I remember the movie that because you showed that to me. We're, yeah, yeah. Oh, exactly, exactly. So, so it's, it's like that. That's what we go for. We don't. It's not like my dad showed up and said, "All right, let's watch Thor: The Dark World." Um, <laughs> but it's but yeah. still, their their pipeline. They have a lot more hits than misses. Uh, so mm-hmm. uh, when Thor comes out, like, well, Age of Ultron comes out in six months, so we're gonna do that. And then Age of Ultron was fun, it was really good, a huge spectacle, but everyone was like, oh, it wasn't really as good as the first Avengers. It didn't really meet the it, it, enormous fan expectation. It didn't quite hit those. No. And so even though it was a, a groundbreaking film that made you know Disney a, more than a billion dollars worldwide, it still wasn't kind of that huge hit that Avengers was. But it's okay, because we're all waiting for Avengers 3 Civil War, right? We just saw the trailer. <laughs> Wait, <laughs> Captain America Civil War. You know, let's be honest. It's Avengers 3. If you've got <laughs> Panther, if you've got <laughs> Tony, if you've got... It's got the whole cast, pretty much. You might as well call it Avengers yeah. 3. Um, that's true. Which, by the way, looks really good. But exactly, that's my problem. It's like, well, it's this, uh, this uh, I'm telling you, man, this Doctor Strange looks pretty interesting. This Black Panther, this, uh, Mar- this Civil War movie, I'm, I'm excited one of the three is bound to be good, uh, and and I'll sure. never forget. Uh, I don't remember. It was in a podcast I was listening to. I think it was on the Weird Things podcast uh, that Justin Robert Young co-hosts, um, and one of his co-hosts, Andrew Maine, said, "Even if this movie's bad, it's still the entire fandom saying, well, can't wait for uh, Rogue One.'" You know, and if Rogue One's bad, it's yeah. still going to be like, well, let's all line up for the next one. Yeah, it's just, you know, when when we were talking to, you know, there were Warner Brothers people in town a couple of weeks ago. They were shooting Affleck's Live by Night. And they kept saying, you know, we're trying to make a movie that is going to go down in the books. You know, we're trying to make a, a timeless classic here. You know, it was part of their effort to make a movie that 20 years from now you will still be watching. I mean, that was literally what the producers that were here said their goal was. You know, we're trying to make a movie that will stand alongside The Godfather 2 and Goodfellas and that kind of movie that people are going to be watching 20 years from now. I don't hear that being said about The Force Awakens. Hmm. I hear, I hear, this is a movie we're going to put out. We're going to dump it out on video in April. We're going to have another movie in December. We're going to have another movie in May. Uh, and it's really more part of the assembly line than more a part of trying to make a timeless classic. However, and Scott, that's that's the part that I guess is a little disappointing to me. If we are honest, I think you, the same argument could be levied against the prequels. Uh, 
I don't know that they were made to be viewed 20 years down the road in the same way that a new hope can, can be. Um, I think, I think it was Lucas's intention for you to be able to, uh, whether, whether that was successful or not, I think is a different story, but I don't think he made it to be disposable. Yeah, no, that's, I, that's a fair point. It's a fair point. I think it's, uh, uh, man, it's, it's, it's tough to say it's, it's, there is part of me that wants this to be a cultural event in the, in the likes of. A New Hope, and maybe if I'm being honest, a mm-hmm. lot of that's because I didn't get to wait in line and see The Phantom Menace, and I certainly didn't get to wait in line and see <laughs> like Return of the Jedi or something like that. So maybe there's just a part of me in the back of my mind that's just kind of like, ah, but we want it to be, we want it to be huge. We want it to make five hundred million dollars on the opening weekend. You just, it's sort of like a sports team you're rooting for, but maybe that's yeah, your no, story. no, that and that's exactly how I approach it. Look, if it sets all the records in the world, I'm not going to be unhappy. Uh, if I see it and come out going, this was the greatest thing I've seen in 20, 30 years, I'm not going to be unhappy. But the the reality is the way they're, they're pushing it out there. It's kind of, it's kind of another product. I, I, I do kind of wish they'd space out some of the product. I mean, when you think about it, they're going to make a frozen two. It's going to be years after the first frozen came out. Yeah. They've been milking the same frozen forever. They didn't treat frozen as if it were disposable. Well, and uh, I kind of feel like they're treating the Star Wars movies as if they're disposable. Yeah, and it's it's strange because um, I feel like well, you speak to this. I feel like there are fewer movies nowadays that um, uh, get in touch with the culture uh, than than used to be. Because there are examples of it, like Frozen. That really, I think, is an mm-hmm. example of a movie that really got in touch with the culture. And then I think that you know, there's um, I'm trying to think of a, another example, like Guardians of the Galaxy. There, there are these fil- yeah. films that I feel I, like everyone kind of talked about and experienced uh, as a whole. But I feel like that's yeah. more rare now. Yeah, I think Dark Knight did. Yeah, yeah. You know, the, not Dark Knight Returns, but Dark Knight did. Um, and, and there are those movies. Star Wars plainly was one of those, and Jaws was plainly one of those. Um, and those are still the movies we talk about twenty years later, but. I guess the thing that bothers me is just that pipeline approach to Star Wars right now. It's almost like they're literally telling you, we want you to watch this, we want you to enjoy it, but we want you to forget about it because we've got another one coming up. We need you to start thinking about this next one and stop thinking about this one. And I want to be able to think about it for a while. I mean, maybe I'm just, maybe I'm just that, maybe I'm the idiot because I wanted a little bit more time between my Star Wars movies to be able to savor them. And deal with the aftermath of them, but I guess at the same time, Disney's trying to make four point oh five billion dollars back the quickest way they can. I think they are. <laughs> if we're honest, I just went, <laughs> I was in Walmart today, uh, but because uh, I wanted to run in, uh, grab some uh, personal items and stuff before the craziness starts tonight. Um, mm-hmm. And <laughs> it's like the only time you. By the way, if you ever want to go to a Walmart and ha- see more employees than shoppers, just go Thanksgiving in the mid morning. Before the craziness oh, wow. of Black Friday hits, because it's pretty, it's desolate, it's a desert. Everyone's at, at Thanksgiving for the most part, and then of course the craziness, uh, craziness hits that night. <laughs> uh, but I was in Walmart and like I, I scrolled through the the toy aisle, and uh, it kind of speaks to this actually because I was I'm I'm looking for. <laughs> See, we have time to tell these stories now because uh, <laughs> we were in a long episode. Wait, so, I'm playing you off. No, <laughs> no. <laughs> suddenly Scott cues up the the music. No, um, 
<laughs> so part of my job at ROTC, uh, at our detachment, uh, as a senior level cadet, uh, is we act, you know we have jobs. We have to earn our Air Force stipends that get delayed, uh, <laughs> that we don't get our pay for a long time. But hey, it's subtle now, so there's that. But anyway, um, okay. to, to make a long story no bitterness. longer... Uh, <laughs> what what my job is uh, the PIFO, the PT officer, and so I, I I you know schedule up and put out the uh, PT plans and that sort of thing, and I conduct all the physical tests and that sort of thing. So I, I at the beginning of the semester I have the opportunity to kind of make the job description what I want and and put in my my vision for our detachment's uh, physical fitness program, and uh, we've had an overall increase of uh, physical fitness uh, scores each month, Scott, of six percent over time. Yes. Uh, <laughs> um, but point being, uh, I, at the beginning of the semester, announced a new fitness award. And it is for those who can improve their PT score for the Air Force fitness test um, the most. Uh, mm-hmm. And, of course, I put things in place like, no, you can't just bomb the test intentionally. <laughs> but because uh, I was immediately, of course, I know that's what everyone was thinking the second I bombed the that. pretest. Um, but uh, you should have announced the award it. after the pretest. I, I named the award. I wanted to think of an example of someone who got in shape uh, quickly and someone who would be kind of at the top of the popular consciousness that would resonate with uh, cadets aged 18 to 22. Uh, and you thought, Susan Powder. <laughs> No, I did not. Right? No. Oh. No. Uh, you want to take a? You want to take a, te- a second guess? Take two. You know what my guess would be if you're going to say all that, I'm going to say Luke Skywalker because he went to Dagobah and within like five hours he was a Jedi. <laughs> that's a good. That's a good idea because I am the big Star Wars fan. But no, I'm talking like serious oh. weight loss, fitness improvement, and nerdery. Oh God! I hope you didn't name it after Jared. Um, <laughs> no, <laughs> I did not. And we're leaving that. <laughs> right there, uh, Peter Jackson. Uh, no, although, yeah, that's uh, Peter Jackson is sort of the Hobbit. I'm going to give you all right. So Scott, uh, okay. I'm going to give you one more guess while I okay. cue up this music. <laughs> it's nerdery, weight loss. Carrie Fisher. Uh, so close, sir, but so far no. Scott Rifen at the beginning of the semester. See now, now you're hearing the lightsaber sounds. Oh, come on. <clears throat> So I have 15 seconds. So here we go. Pre-roll. For the pre-roll. Scott Rifen for the Detachment 165 Most Improved Fitness Award. Cadet Blanton devised something that he knew would touch the hearts and minds of cadets everywhere it was. Ladies and gentlemen. Oh, crap, 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 crap. That's right, ladies and gentlemen, the Cadet Star-Lord Award is awarded to the cadet with the most improved fitness score. Thank you, ladies and gentlemen. Hey! That works. So, um, what I had to, but I, I say all this to say, to bring it back to the conversation we were actually having a moment ago, I go to Walmart to find, uh, I want to get one of the pop vinyls, um... Let me close this window because you're hearing a lightsaber hum in the background. I wonder. Well, I just the... thought you were doing a little touch-up work. <laughs> Let's get see. a little remote action in. There we are. Um, so I get uh... flash shield down. <laughs> I get to Walmart and there's no Guardians of the Galaxy merchandise to be found anywhere. Yeah, uh, it's all gone. We've all forgotten sure. about it. We're all. It's all Avengers, and that's it. Um, yeah. 
And so it goes to your point. So I say all that uh, to say <laughs> your point is well made, sir. Oh, well, thank you. That's like the longest roundabout way to say so. But we, <laughs> hey, we have time. Hey, by the way, uh, if you're looking at the video version, boom. Uh, I got the old Guardians of the Galaxy midnight premiere poster that, uh, that they gave away. Uh, but uh, yes. I got nothing. <laughs> I got Darth Vader on a one. So I will be giving a Star-Lord pop vinyl to the cadet who had the most improved fitness score. Uh, who, by the way, I'm super proud of because it's... Uh, let me think here. Uh, well, I won't say the name here. I don't know why. There's probably like one or two listening, I'm sure. Um, it's, it was a matter of time uh, until uh, the folks at RTC found this out. So, until the streams crossed. Mm-hmm. It was, yes, sir. It, it happened eventually. Um, but yeah, no, I'll, I'll tell you what. So, uh, Scott, I don't, yes. I'm kind of, I'm not going to lie, a little, um, little bamboozled, a little befuzzled. Why? I'm not really sure what to do with myself because it's like we've gone so long. And there's like a trigger in the back of my brain that keeps wanting me to cue up music. And especially since I just played Redbone. Uh, come and get your love. Uh, I was just like suddenly. Uh, wait, where do we go? Do we have to end the show now? No, but no, we don't. Yeah, um, you know, I, I've got a, a little bit more time, so I want to give you the opportunity. Anything else on your yeah. mind uh, before? We no, that talk? was no, that was what I wanted to complain about. Really, for the most part, I was ready to do plugs and go. <laughs> <laughs> but if you got anything you want to bring up, I mean, you know, I can pontificate for crying out loud. Oh no! Well, actually, on this Thanksgiving Day, I think. Um, uh, I I feel like we actually gave the show its full time to breathe and yeah. we talked through everything that was on on our mind. So uh, without further ado, I'm just going to hit this button right here and uh, uh, cue up in the background music a little bit of Star Wars Big Band. That's right. Ladies. But Although I, I have a special plug to make when you're in the plug portion of this program. You got it. So I just let the music go for a bit there because it's uh, okay. Sorry, it's a uh, it's. I love that. I absolutely love Star Wars big band music, which I reserve for uh, Thursdays. Um, because Scott was there in person. When it was recorded. No, I couldn't. Uh, I'm kidding. That's ah, too easy. Too easy. Too easy. Uh, folks, so uh, unfortunately, like as I'm looking at this, it looks like um, I had the internet flip once or twice, and that kicks off my recorder, unfortunately. So I don't think this version will be up on YouTube. But fear not. If you're listening to this via podcast what? in the future, in the future, uh, we will have this up on YouTube. Um, <laughs> uh, let me think here. Uh, so, Scott. Yes. You have things to plug. If people are if people yes. are listening to the Star Wars Tonight podcast in the countdown to The Force Awakens, they love Star Wars, they love podcasts, what should they be listening to? Well, obviously they should be listening to my Star Wars story. Uh, this week we will have uh, the release of the episode featuring uh, Rebel Force Radio's Jimmy Mack. Hey. It is a lot of fun. It may be the longest episode yet, just with all the stuff I took out that we'll put in as bonus material at the end. Uh, but it's, it's a great... Star Wars historical conversation uh, that I think you you guys are going to absolutely love. And uh, also want to plug this. Oh. Yes. Jack McDevitt? Jack McDevitt's Thunderbird. It'll be out from Penguin Books December 1st. 
Jack is a uh, Nebula Award-winning science fiction author, one of the biggies. And um, this is a special book for a lot of reasons. One, because it is a sequel to a book that Stephen King actually cites in his book on in, uh, called On Writing. That oh, yeah, uh, yeah. has a book that influenced him when it came out. And because uh, the main character is a uh, small-town local radio show host, talk show host. Hmm. And uh, hmm. if you can see the... Uh, Special thanks to section right there. Hey, hey, Scott Rifen. That's right. That so, guy. Uh, and uh, what he said in here was, I feel like uh, when we had lunch and he gave this to me the other day, he said, I feel like I'm having lunch with Brad Hollister. So <laughs> well, when you so, read the book and you think Brad Hollister. So give us give us the name one more time. What's the name of the book? Uh, it is J- Jack McDevitt's Thunderbird. It is not out until December first, but you know I got connections. But it's uh, so uh, there it is, folks. It's available sure from you are... Penguin Ace, and uh, I- I've already started. It's a riveting yarn. Make make sure to check it out, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, and also, speaking of things you should be checking out, it is Thursday, Thanksgiving Day. Yes. Uh, Tomorrow's episode will be recorded. We record the Star Wars Report podcast as well as the Friday bonus show of Star Wars Tonight. And uh, when we record that very episode, we publish it for you who are supporting us on Patreon. If you want to join that community, Patreon folks, support. Uh, we've got one of them on the line now, Scott Rifen. Uh, and we appreciate you and everyone else who supports this program on Patreon, and uh, if you've enjoyed getting a nightly Star Wars podcast, if you found any entertainment uh, by laughing with or at us, uh, throw in, let's say, a nickel an episode. Just throw in like a buck, and uh, you can do so to patreon.com slash Star Wars Report. A couple more things I want to touch on. Uh, Twitter, you can follow me. I'm at the Riley Guy. You can follow the program. It's at Star Wars Tonight. Scott is at Rifen, R-Y-F-U-N. You can email. It's a Star Wars... <laughs> right now, you just have Scott on the video perusing through the original Star Wars storybook. Uh, see, I wish, this, I wish our recorder would work for this. Um, and then also, you can email us. We've been getting a number of emails, and we're going to be opening up some of the episodes to, uh, to actually list, uh, respond and read your emails. So you can email us on anything we've been talking about. Star Wars Tonight at gmail.com. I almost I almost called it Star Wars Report at gmail.com, but it is Star Wars Tonight at gmail.com. All of this information are, is found in the show notes at uh, StarWarsReport.com. But I have one last thing. One last item, Scott. But wait, there's more. But wait, there's more, ladies and gentlemen. If you're still listening to the sound of my voice, if you have stuck through the credits, if you have stuck through the stories through the plugs, through the discussion, all the way into this extra super long edition of Star Wars Tonight, there is one thing I want you to do, sir, or ma'am. I want you to be the savior of Star Wars Tonight. What I want you to do is go to StarWarsReport.com slash Star Wars Tonight iTunes, all lowercase. Again, that's StarWarsReport.com slash iTunes, And that takes you straight to the iTunes store, and you can leave a rating and review. And that's right. The Star Wars Tonight podcast wants you 
to rate and review this podcast, or you can just search Star Wars Tonight in the iTunes Store. Why you ask? Why? Why do that? Why? Who cares? Somebody cares. Well, I well, not unlike Luke Skywalker, I care uh, because we are skyrocketing through the top forty new and noteworthy of iTunes in the TV and film section. But that's not all. We're gonna go for. The front page of iTunes, ladies and gentlemen, because we are skyrocketing there. And if you subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, we will land on the front page, and it will be awesome. So all you have to do is leave us a rating or review. Uh, I feel like uh, I feel like that's enough plugging. Uh, <laughs> that's like the longest iTunes plug ever. But I appreciate everybody, seriously, who's been doing that. And if you've left an iTunes review, or you're going to, email us, starwarstonightgmail.com. I've got two more items to give away. Uh, I've got one more box of Star Wars macaroni and cheese and a special Star Wars Rebels magazine from Titan Magazine. I'm going to be mailing those out Ooh. to the next two people who email with their iTunes username. Thanks for listening, and may the Force be with you. <laughs> I didn't love that sound effect. Vroom. It'll get old at some point, but not yet. Yes, it will. <laughs> <laughs> uh, actually, ah! All right, let me uh, stop the old recorder here. And 